Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. Hope everyone's doing well. We have a pretty good show for you today, as always. Going to look at some of the messages and going to cover our topic of the day and uh, answer a few questions along the way. So stay tuned. Please riddle me this. Why is it that people that make mistakes in their lives become envious of those who did not make those same mistakes? On my date yesterday when I told her I had no children, she actually tried to challenge my manhood by saying that I must have been gay or something. I left. Sir, what you're experiencing is what is called life choice envy. This is a common problem, especially here in the West. United States in particular. What that is, a person becomes envious of you for choices that you didn't make that they've made. Now, in your case, we see this a lot in relationships, and let me tell you something. By her calling you gay or implying that you're gay, that is from an old-ass playbook women have been using for God centuries don't let that old ass bullshit phase you this is not a swipe at the gay community because here is the thing you people in the LGBTQ community you should be upset when someone comes across telling someone they're gay in a derogatory way as if to say that you're less than anyone else you find a lot of women that do this to men. Here's the thing. It's unjustified. Like now, they're talking about certain politicians that may be without any factual evidence or proof. Trying to slander the person. Now, I'm not an advocate for this person's political views because personally, I don't think they're the best. But Why are you throwing paint when you don't even know the reason why you're throwing it? But it's all over the internet. Rumor. Here's the problem. You got with a woman, sir, that has made some poor life choices. There's a lot of resentment, a lot of envy. That marriage, if you were to marry her, get into a relationship with her, it would resonate and it would be even more 
evident in that relationship. She would treat you like shit. And she'd be playing catch up. And this also affects people of different backgrounds. I'll give you an example. I've been pulled over many times over because of the cars I used to drive when I worked. And here's the thing. Twice I got asked, how could you afford this vehicle? Cop thinking I'm a drug dealer or something like that. I said, I have a damn good job. And my company takes care of me. And then this one cop, I'll never forget, he goes on to tell me, white officer, well, you know, I make $90,000 a year and it's difficult for me with a mortgage and with kids and school and blah, 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 blah. And he was going on and on. And I said, I'm sorry to hear that. Could you please write the ticket? And he hops on. I'm still curious. So what do you do for a living? I said, I work in the media. Hmm. Maybe I should have worked in media. I'm saying to myself, maybe you shouldn't have fucked up and had a family when you couldn't afford it. Amazingly enough, he didn't write the ticket. But what he wanted to do was kind of let me know. I may not have the economic power over you, but I have the social power over you. That's what he was trying to say. You see, a lot of people who have made poor life choices, one of the things that they try to do to overcompensate is to get into positions of authority. So they could have someone that they may envy to feel less than they do. Now, what I'm saying is this, sir. That woman will try to guilt you into being with her. You don't want to do that. A lot of men got tripped up in the 90s doing that shit with women. There are men who paid child support and the child wasn't even theirs. Because don't forget, DNA wasn't, these one, two, three, and me and ancestry, all that shit wasn't so accessible about 20 years ago. It was expensive. So what that meant was many guys just went at face value that that was their child. There are guys that wound up marrying women found out the kid wasn't theirs. And the only reason why they were together was because of the child. Lifestyle envy is a very real thing. And you have to watch it. Someone could be jealous of you, not because of how great you are or how wealthy you are or what you're doing. It's their perception of you. Because I'll put it to you this way. When you look at someone eye to eye and you're the same height, you're on an even playing field. If that person's shorter and they're looking up to see your eyes, and you have to look down to see theirs, from their perspective, they may think you're better than they are. You're definitely bigger. But there are some people 
that will stand eye to eye with you, same height, and still feel as though you're better than them. Because from their perspective, they see you as being more successful, more productive, wealthier, you name it. The problem is when you gloat and become pompous with it. With that perception, they say, oh, you think you're better than I am. An inferiority complex. In your case, sir, you didn't have to do that. As soon as you told her that you didn't have any children, she automatically went negative. I went through this a lot in the African-American community. I can't tell you how many times I got called gay. I can't tell you how many times I got called all these different names. How many people always would try to associate a child with me or something like that because of the fact that what they wanted to do, they wanted to always give me a burden like they had. I know you got some kids. No, you don't, because I don't have any. Because I'm considerate of the people I sleep with. You know, I'm not going to leave them worse off than I met them. And that's the problem with most people in relationships. When they're going for themselves, they don't give a damn. It's just like pollution. You know how a corporation, like when they were building cars in Detroit, and how they polluted the water and everything? They didn't give a shit. The profits were more important than the people. That's what people do in relationships. They pollute the environment in which they leave the people they lead when they're going and they're selfish like that. Now, here's what you have to come to grips with, sir. When you're dealing with a polluter, which she is, you know what you need to do? You need to go and find someone who's a little bit more advanced. Someone who thinks a lot better someone who's much smarter, and someone who is more in tune with who they are. That woman, she's not going to do that but try to bring you down. Just a little word of advice. The only reason why I say that is because I've been through that shit. Because you go, you try to help them out. And they look at you with envy. I'm telling you, fella, you make a big mistake if you would even consider that woman or any person, ladies, any guy that's like this. I know some of you ladies become enamored because you got the attention of the guy and you want to see how it's going to work because you know he's loyal. You better watch him. Because the one thing he's going to probably do, try to get into a position of power with you, and try to control you. How many beautiful women resented the fact that they got with men because they got with them, the guy was insecure, he was envious, and the first thing he had to do was break her down. Physical abuse, emotional abuse, mental abuse, 
to a point where she didn't start taking care of herself, where she was on that spiral of depression. Because he knew he couldn't do any better. He knew that if he left this woman, or he let her get away, he'd probably never find another woman like her again. There's some men who think this way. You got to be very careful, ladies. Because some of you will bullshit around and go for what you want and not what you need and don't filter properly and you will wind up with that insecure, angry man that's envious of you and he's going to try to take you down and keep you down. Let me tell you what the result of that is. There were guys that I knew did that shit when I was going out there on the dating scene with the ladies. And the girl would tell me something like, uh-uh, now he's got a Rolls Royce. I'm going to be with him. He's got this. He's an executive over at the studio. I'm going to be with him. Okay, fine. Now, a couple of these ladies later on in life were damaged. And when I met them on Facebook again decades later angry, bitter, pissed off. And one of them in particular asked me, so how many children, grandchildren do you have? I said, none. Oh, you got to get to work then. Why do I have to get to work? I look at kids as a liability. You have to turn them into an asset and, and here's the problem. The majority give you an emotional asset. Financially, some of them don't. They look out for mom and dad. And nothing's wrong with that if you have children. But that's a choice you made. You don't criticize others for the choice they don't make that you made. You know, a lady told me one time, you know, you're going to regret not having children because... When you're on your deathbed, you're not going to have anybody around to pray for you and to do things for you and to go places. You're going to be dealing with total strangers. And I told her, I said, look, you got to remember one thing. I'm dealing with total strangers now that have done more than some family members. So it's not foreign to me. Just because you have children does not mean that they're going to grow up and do the things you think they're going to do. Again, my mother was at the nursing home. There were people that, as I told you before, they didn't come to see their damn folks. Social work, we used to have to beg the families. Have to hunt them down. And they'd be down the street from the facility. Kids be living in their houses. Driving the cars. Parents sitting there alone. Not even getting a birthday visit. Christmas card. Nothing. 
and some would say I did everything I could for my child and I can't believe because it's a crapshoot with kids you don't know what's going to happen you don't know how they're going to grow up you could have been the best parent in the world they could be the biggest asshole you ever gave birth to but see what we love to do we stamp the seal of approval if you look in the black community What's the first thing a person will always say? They have a good mom. By default, that's a given. But if that's the only thing you know, of course she was a good mom. Whether she was good or not. So what this means then is that with that stamp of approval the character of the person is what's important to give their designation, right? You know it's funny there was a lady that went out with back in the 90s and she had a 13-year-old son. This boy had been juvenile God knows how many times. And she had a great job. Very pretty. And the sad thing was she would always tell herself and me how great of a mom she was. But what she failed to understand was even her 13-year-old son tried to tell her, you're giving me too much. You're smothering me. If this young man said that he wanted a damn bicycle at 12 o'clock at night, she'd get up off her ass to go get it. And what happened, he got tired of using her. And once his friends started to realize, hey, you could use your mom for all kind of shit, they started using him to use her. Well, they punked him into stealing the car keys one night. He takes her Mercedes out, and he wrecks it. In the process of doing so, he injured a lady. I guess since a juvenile. Now, this young man started out with troubles. And of course, she spent all this money on him for therapy and all of that, but what she never gave him was time, attention, and love. He grew up with nothing but a criminal past. And mama was there to bail his ass out every time he fucked up. She put seconds on houses and all this as he went through the stages of life. He has spent more time behind bars than he did as a free man.
She called herself a good mom. What she was was a mother loyal to a fault. She wasn't a good mom in that sense. Because her goodness worked against him. Ladies, sometimes that nurturing that you provide is exploited by your children. But sometimes you create that environment to be exploited. And this is something that is very touchy for some women to face. And you wonder why some men bypass you. If they see you being used, they're not going to be part of that. No, that that's... No, you, you go on and lay down and be the sucker. I'm not. And then you get frustrated because you can't find a man that's going to fit into your situation and deal with it. Again, they don't have to. And fellas, this is what I'm telling you, that frustration, that visceral frustration you get from them. Life choice envy. Decisions you chose not to make that other people have made. Ladies, put it to you this way. This man goes out and has a whole bunch of kids. You don't have any. Is he going to call you a lesbian? More than likely not. But if it was reversed, you'd probably call him a gay male. Here's another thing you got to think about. That man has all those kids and child support. What's the likelihood of you considering being with him if you have no children and have a good career and a good lifestyle? He'd be a liability to you. He would be a threat to your income, right? Because if you ever marry him, who knows, the court may decide to go and combine your incomes for him to may pay more child support if she takes him back to court. We always look at liabilities from the perspective of the man with the woman as a liability. Women take on liabilities too with men. I never forget years ago there was a marriage that I knew of where this lady was paying her husband's child support. Because she was so in love with this man. And this guy went out and had another child by a different woman. She stuck by him. Tried to help him fight for custody of their child. But that mother said, "Uh uh-uh, nope. The downside, folks, is that when a person goes this, that, and the third out of their way for you, more than likely there will be a heavy penalty you would have to pay if you left left them. That's the reason why you see all these people, you hear them, oh, I put up with all of this person's shit for so long. And you know what? You did it voluntarily, so shut the fuck up. But they want to play that victim. But yet they set themselves up to be in that situation. And they want empathy. 
when those women in the 90s used to always give me this shit about, you no kind of man. A real man has a family. And then you have those simps out there who are fathers that didn't want to be fathers saying, yeah, that's right. We need to have some kids. For what? I don't need to reproduce myself in order to feel validated. Why would I need to do that? Could I give that child a better life than I had? Probably not. And the reason being, I won't have the time and I wouldn't have the effort to put forth. So what I decided to do was go on the preventive side of things. Let me not have any kids. Let me not bestow a burden on myself and that woman. That's the reason why I would always ask her. What are your future plans? In the topic of conversation before we have sex, not right just before, but I'm talking about when I meet them. And so when they had any questions about the condoms, first thing I'd bring up is, remember you wanted to be a nurse, right? Yeah. Well, it's going to be kind of hard for you being a nurse with a baby. You're right. You're damn straight I was right. Fuck your life up if you want to. Fuck mine up too. We ain't having that. Mm-mm. We have a plan. No harm, no foul. And then those very same people from the 90s hit me up now. Facebook, different platforms. Yeah, my kid graduated from high school. My kid graduated from... And I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, yeah, but remember, you were only happy for a short period of time in the beginning when that kid was first born. Throughout those teenage years, you did nothing but complain. They graduated from high school and it's your graduation too because you're hoping to get the fuck out of your house. Let's face it. You had to stay with the person that you couldn't stand to help you with the child that you guys created under circumstances and many times that you didn't even know each other. You knew each other in the bedroom before you knew each other in the kitchen, before you knew each other in the living room, before you knew each other even on a date. Because, see, you didn't have all these different forms of contraception and birth control back then. And child support was a way some women calculated their income. Child support was like a credit card for some of them. And there were a lot of men that didn't pay. And they thought they were going to be slick. Yeah, I'm just going to get a cash-based job. You fuck around that one of these attorneys who's really smart. Go out and find out where you're making your money. Because see, here's the thing. Some of these guys will go and open up a business, put in their sister's name or something like that, and then funnel money through it. They can still get a child support order. They can still get that money. 
And see, here's the sad thing about it. Many of the guys that wind up getting these women pregnant, a lot of them don't have the skill sets in order to sustain a family. And so naturally they'll come up short when it comes to child support. They really haven't, they haven't established a relationship with the woman enough to even understand that the two of them are probably incompatible. But the pussy's good and the guy keeps going on. See, the way I've always looked at it, I gotta protect my money. I look at it from the standpoint of, I'm not gonna walk around with a $100 bill in my hand down the street. I'm gonna tuck it away and put it in my wallet. Well, that's the way I looked at my money when it came down to sleeping with a woman. And I told you many times over, before I busted that nut, I made sure that Connor was on securely. And then a brief thought would cross my mind, is it gonna cost me? You damn straight. Is it gonna cost me? And if I wasn't sure and she had some sketchy pussy, telling me all this bullshit about all of the contraceptives she's taking, I ain't believe that shit. And I said, okay, I'm going to be really safe. Let me get that Trojan red pack with the white powder. Let me get that thick-ass condom. Why are you putting that on? Is that, that, you're not going to feel anything. Oh, yeah, I feel something. You know what I feel? I feel safe. Because I still got my money. It's not being spent every month. Well, I got to be pissed off. Like many of the people that I used to see get pissed off when they only get $75 out of their check. There was a lot of women that didn't get child support. A lot of women had to struggle and make it. I've known plenty of them, dated plenty of them. And let me tell you something. And here's another thing, too. As you get older, fellas, you'll realize that the women that you're going to be dating are going to have already had children. And then you're going to have a group of women who could not have children that are going to be out there, too. They may want to adopt some. Others may not want to adopt. may not want kids at all. I'm a guy who prefers a woman who does not want to have any children who hasn't had any children. That's my ideal woman. I'll deal with a woman who's had children, but I'd prefer one that has not and doesn't want any. And the reason for that, the fewer people involved in your relationship, the easier it is to function. A lot of people don't like hearing that shit, but it's true. The fewer people you have involved, it's just like cooking. If you have fewer people in there that are focused on what they're doing, as opposed to having a lot of people there and you're trying to figure out functions for them to do, 
big difference. It's just cheaper. Now I know I've ruffled some feathers, probably pissed off some people with this, but I'm just telling you the way things are. A lot of times people don't like hearing it. So, sir, what I would tell you is you did the right thing. Do not let someone shame you based on lifestyle choice. Because what happens if they were in your shoes? Who knows? You might be throwing that same shade to them. My name is Bethany and I'm a new listener to Romantic Truth. Much love from London. The way some women feel after a relationship and before going into another one. I'm just wondering if anybody else has felt like this after you've been in a few relationships and obviously they didn't work out. And then, you know, you meet somebody and, you know, the pros outweigh the cons and so on and so forth. But you feel yourself at times, or maybe a lot of times, feeling numb. I call it wall up, guard up. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like I feel like self self-sabotaging. I'm sure it has to be a defense mechanism for me. But it's like, and then being single for so long, <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't know if I know what to do to work through that or get through that. Because it's not the other person. I know it's, that's definitely me. I'm just wondering. I probably should go to counseling <laughs> to deal with these issues. I'm just wondering, uh, what are what are other people doing? Any other people feel like this? What are they doing to work through it? Or maybe that other person that you're dating can help you work through it. Maybe. I don't know. Just been thinking about that a lot lately. I need to figure out how to work through it before I really get to the point where I self-sabotage and end up being by myself because <laughs> I'm just too numb to feel and it's like the minute I feel something I'm like nope don't do it put the wall up guard up <laughs> yeah it's crazy it's like I want to be in a relationship and be with somebody and then you have it and you're like oh I think I'm hella scared I don't want to be hurt anymore been single for so long got used to it <laughs> oh, life now what this lady has gone through and is currently experiencing is a situation that I've been faced with when it comes to dating women who have been divorced or been in long relationships and then they've been single for a very long time now this woman, believe it or not, would be a good woman to date. But see, there are a few things that she needs to get. And one of them is confidence. Not confidence in how fine she is, because she's a very attractive woman, about 45 or so. 
but she needs to look at confidence in the choices she makes in men. That's what's got her at this point with trust issues. That's what has her where she's deliberately looking to sabotage a relationship. Now she's cognizant in that she knows that if she goes forward and tries to pursue a relationship, she's going to sabotage it. And what that comes from is confirmation bias. Oh, it didn't work in the past, so let me go on, and if I start this relationship, I already know it's going to end badly, or else I'm going to make it that way. Now, fellas, a lot of times you'll hear women, like she said, it's me, it's not the other person. Younger women who say that usually are trying to get out of a relationship. When the older woman says it, a lot of times it means she's afraid of being hurt. And that's what is conveyed here with her. You remember I told you about the boundaries that women put up, the standards they put up after they've been hurt? They're talking about building a border wall. Trust me, the walls that these women build are castle walls. And they're thick. Now, what she's afraid of are several things. One, she doesn't want to be alone. She doesn't want to wind up going to a nursing home being by herself. Two, she doesn't want to deal with the situation where she gets hurt again. So now, what's her defense mechanism to escape? Sabotage. What kind of relationship would she probably want to have to protect herself and protect her feelings? Maybe a friends with benefits relationship. They're temporary. They don't require much of a commitment. And feelings are not involved as much. But that's only going to last so long. After a while, that's going to get old. So if you really look at it, what has happened, there's a sense of regret and resentment from a choice she made long ago with the relationship. Now, the problem with her is also this. After three years or more being by herself, she's probably become very centric in her thinking, meaning that she already knows what she wants in the sense that she knows what she would like to have in a relationship but she's afraid to take that chance and take that risk so what's going to happen is her beliefs are going to outweigh any potential partner coming about meaning that what she's going to do is talk herself out of it figure out a way of not letting it develop because Usually when women are isolated by themselves for a while, they form their own narrative. My way or the highway. Many of you guys have experienced that with ladies that have been by themselves for a while. And not only that, they get to a point where anything that they feel is out of line, their tolerance is decreased a lot. So instead of them working with a partner, it would be very difficult. But you notice what she said at the end. Looking for somebody that maybe can help her. I got to give her credit there. She's looking for help. 
But see, what she needs is someone to come in with reassurance that they could help her and prove that they can. Because she's tired of being hurt, tired of being used. But there's another caveat here. That person that would get with her would also have to explain to her, you're going to have to own some of the things you did that caused you to feel the way you feel now as well. Now we could put that portion on the jerks and everything you met in the past, but we also have to put some of the onus on you. Not only for the decision you made, but from some of the choices you made in the relationship. Then you'd have to look back at her track history. Is this a one-off relationship that you had where you had a bad experience? Or is it a litany of them? If it is a consecutive flow of bad relationships, this is something that's got to be addressed because there's a behavioral thing that we'd have to look at. There's something that you do in relationships that cause them to fail. And the hardest thing is going to get to be, if she has been, to get back to a point where that was the pre-sabotage era. Before she started sabotaging her relationships. How did you genuinely get hurt initially? When did it become a good idea to just throw all relationships in the future in the trash? When did you really start feeling as though that's the way you should go. Usually people remember times when they were hurt, when they were wrong or traumatized. They remember those very well. Sometimes when it comes to good times, they may remember vignettes of that period. Like I tell you, when I have good dates, that's the reason why I used to have to journal a lot of things on my dates. Because Sometimes I have a wonderful time or if it was a bad time or whatever, I would write it down. So I'd remember. Maybe later on sometime. But here's the thing. In a case like this, she doesn't really understand how fortunate she is compared to some other women. I have dated some women that have been in bad relationships that would make this woman right here seemed like a model citizen. Because, see, you always hear women say that they don't want to be bitter. This is what she's really trying to avoid. She's actually asking for help. But here's the thing you have to watch. If you're a woman in this kind of situation where you're vulnerable... You still have to qualify the man first before you ask for help from him. I don't mean by the looks, by all the material shit, by the character of the man. Is it a guarantee? Hell no, it's not a guarantee. But it beats the hell out of what a lot of people do. She sounds like a woman that I used to talk to at a bar. She'd be married, ready to leave the marriage, feels as though she can't leave. And then after she does, 
Sometimes they feel lost. They don't have an identity. She's trying to find her emotional self is what she's doing. Kudos to you, lady, for actually looking out for yourself. share this with you. I just moved into my new apartment and was sorting things out. I opened the master bedroom closet and on the top shelf was a 14-inch dildo with a condom on it. I immediately called management. The lady told me not to touch it. She told me that the former tenant had asked about it and she was sending over the maintenance man to get it. You should have seen the look on his face. Poor guy wore gloves a mask and put it in a cardboard box. Now I really have to clean up. Uh, uh. Damn, Priscilla. I hope they at least gave you a discount on the rent. <laughs> Jeez. Look. <laughs> oh my goodness, people. It's something else. Oh my God. Where do I start? Look. Dental words. Dental words. And you live in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Lord have mercy. Priscilla. You might need therapy after this. I'm sure. <laughs> she wanted her dildo back. And he put it in. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm done. I'm done. On to the. I'm done. All right, ladies. Um, here's the thing if you know someone that's pregnant, that's in the third trimester or close to it. They're saying that this comes from Vegas. I don't know how legit it is. I just saw it on the local news here recently. It's best for you probably not to go to a concert with very loud music. Because that can help induce labor. Now, I don't know how true this is. So... I would tell you this, if I'm at a concert and you're pregnant around me, I'm getting away from your ass because the last time it wasn't so pleasant for me. I was on a bus in the Philippines and this lady was in the back and she was sitting next to me and there was another guy that was sitting next to her and there were other women sitting on the back of the bus. This lady was major pregnant. I mean, pregnant where her stomach damn near covered her chin. A water broke. I mean, it was... It was a life-altering experience. I'll put it that way. Fortunately, 
There were other women on the bus that helped her deliver the child. This woman was every bit, I would say, about maybe 4'11 to 5 feet at best. I had never seen a woman's pussy stretched like that before in my life. I, look, I got scared for her. I thought she was going to split in half. And don't give me that shit about, oh, you shouldn't be looking at all. I was looking. Because I was like, damn, that little bitty woman got that big old. And so that changed my perspective on women for a very long time. So whenever I see a very short woman, I start thinking, but she got a big pussy. Look, it's just like you ladies do us. You look at the man's shoe. Oh, he probably got a big dick. Had friends of mine, even myself, we went out one time to Ross and bought some damn 16 inch, I mean size 16 and 18 inch shoes. Shit was fucked up. I went to hit the brakes in the damn car and I wound up hitting the gas in the brake at the same time. I don't ever recommend you getting shoes that are way too big for you. And you know it's fucked up when you step out of the car and a cop laughing at you. Not funny, folks. But I tell you one thing, they work good as a door stopper. People be teasing me. Yeah, Bigfoot. <laughs> Bigfoot. But it's one of those things that happen. Well, I'm just letting you know now. If you're pregnant and you're around me and you're in your last trimester, I'm hauling ass. Because I had no idea and here's the thing I thought the woman was going to be in like major pain like screaming and cussing and that woman laid back that baby shot out like a damn football and I'm sitting there like damn but see here's the thing as men we don't see all the stuff that comes out besides the baby I'm just expecting the baby. And I know she has a placenta and she has the uh, umbilical cord. But, you know, usually you don't see that shit. I saw the whole thing. Fucked me up. And everybody's going around like nothing happened. I'm like, shit. Couldn't wait to get off that bus. That woman ruined my ego. I had all kind of damn issues after that. <laughs> Didn't think my dick was big enough anymore. I was like, damn. Now, some of you ladies have written in about, you know what? I'm, I'm not even going to bother. I'm just going to play one of your messages. And we're going to continue this madness. This online dating thing is going to wind me up with a lot of trouble. I was reluctant to go out with this 25-year-old girl last night. My daughter is 26, I'm 53. 
and I have two other daughters, 24, and the other one, 29. Can you help me explain to them about being nice to this young lady? Is it a go? It's like the people who watched us grow up, they got a crush on us now. Like, Miss James, like you went to school with my mom. Well, the only thing I could tell you, sir, is this. Your daughters are going to have your ass on a barbecue grill. Look, um, <laughs> yeah, they're going to take care of daddy. Look, this is the same dynamic as a mother having a whole bunch of boys. They're going to be careful about who's around mama. Now, trust me, with this young lady, I guarantee you, uh, daughters are going to make sure life insurance and all of that stuff, everything's going to go to them. Now, what you have to watch, being that you're young still at 53, they might try to slide your ass into a nursing home one day. You think you're going to work, and they're like, no, Dad, just put on this uh, gown right here. What do I need to put on the gown for? Oh, well, we're going to take it to the barbershop. And take your ass over to a damn assisted living aboard and care. Look, <laughs> in all seriousness, I think that there's some things you're going to have to really consider. One, there's going to be a lot of animosity. And another thing you have to realize is this. It may work to your advantage in a way in that her daughters, your daughters, are going to be watchdogs on her. So any inkling of cheating or whatever, her ass is out. You got three... Well, hell, you look at it, you got six sets of eyes on her besides yours. Now, the other thing, too, to keep in mind. Understand one thing. What if she wants to have a baby? Ooh, let me tell you. Daughters might not like that too well. Man, let me tell you something. You're going to have to negotiate better than a hostage negotiator with your daughters. They're not going to let you slide with this, man. Dad, how could you? She's younger than we are. Oh, I can hear it now. Because, see, you're probably leaving this message because they already tore off in your ass one time. Because kids get possessive with their parents, especially when they think that they may lose them to someone else, especially someone in a peer group. Trust me, she's got to go through the knocks and bruises of the scrutiny of your daughters. They're going to take her out. They're going to get to know her a bit. Uh, trust me, there's going to be an investigation. And now what's going to happen, though, is this. After they've done that little screening with her, they're going to jump in your ass. They're going to tell your ex-wife if she's still around. They're going to tell her. Because they got to make sure they drive the message home. So the only thing I could tell you is uh, I wouldn't have any barbecue sauce at my house because they're going to barbecue your ass. But another thing to keep in mind is this. On the upside. As their father, you know what girls like. You can always maybe buy them something, send them on a trip, make them feel like they're still your little girls, your little daughters. 
I guarantee you that's going to help. It's not going to heal the situation because the little gifts and trinkets you give them to kind of pacify them, they'll be like, okay, dad, enough of that shit. Let's get back to business. They're going to have a problem with it, I'm telling you. Initially. And then things will smooth over. Look, my mom went through a similar situation. She was 22 when she married my dad. My older sister, my older half-sister, was older than my mother. So, there is um, a way, trust me. It's going to be tough. I ain't going to bullshit you. It's going to be tough. Because they're going to feel some kind of way. And don't be surprised if your daughter start crying and pouting. Grown-ass women. Your daddy. That's the only thing I can tell you. Now, I don't know if your daughters live with you or live around you. They probably check on you from time to time, I'm sure. Now, what you probably might do, you might try the down-low approach. You bring her over when they're not around. Now, introducing her to your daughters, if you haven't already, that's going to be the tough one. That's going to be really tough. I'm not going to kid you on that. You might want to do it at a family gathering where they can't act out, hopefully. Like maybe a family gathering dinner or something like that. Where people are kind of uh, in their own neutral corner. But now, the downside to it is after that event's over, take for instance, it's your birthday or something like that. You wanna have it where it's an environment where not too many people would be fond of acting out. So in that way, you're gonna get the brunt of the questions first. They're gonna wanna go and investigate her second. Now, you're gonna go in a lot of pressure because they're gonna be concerned about your retirement, house, assets and the kids I don't think they're doing this just for self-aggrandizement or to try to do something for their own benefit I think they're doing it to protect you so you got to appreciate the love but you also got to explain to them that hey I'm your father me and your mother we had our time now I'm I'm just telling you man because she's going to be dealing with clitoris from your daughters your daughter's going to be like, the, man, let me tell you something. Your daughter's going to line up like the Pittsburgh Steelers back in 1975 with Mean Joe Green, Elsie Greenwood, Mel Blunt, and all the rest of them. You ain't getting in the backfield. <laughs> so, I'm just telling you, prepare yourself. It's going to be a tough go. But see, here's the thing that you got to realize. Being that I'm a younger man who used to date older women, it was even tougher for me. Especially if they had grown sons. Not to mention the grown daughters. So, I feel your pain, man. I feel your pain, but just hang in there.
What is this gotcha thing that women pull? Girl, please be quiet. You done learned these two new words. Now you think you smart. All right, you talked about the gotcha thing. The gotcha thing is usually a juvenile way of a woman making you feel bad. In other words, what they do is they have this thing where they try to set you up where they hit the last word and they can drop the mic. It doesn't matter about the facts or how true something is. It's all about making you feel bad in the process. Now, simps and weaker guys fall for this. Simple, impotent male prototypes fall for this. Men don't even acknowledge it because they don't even deal with those kind of women. Now, here's the problem. A lot of men may be attracted to them because they got the nice body and all of this, but they have very little substance because they usually have had problems in the past, emotional problems, and what they try to do is project that pain on other people through embarrassing them, through marginalizing them, through making them feel less than. So it's a thing where they want to always feel as though they've come out on top. See, what it comes down to, it's more of a thing where they're trying to appease their low self-esteem. So they got to make you feel worse than they do, especially as a man. Especially if they've been hurt by a man, they've been rejected by a man, they could have been molested by a man, raped by a man. Whatever it is, it's an agenda against men. But it's a visceral agenda. Because what they want to do is they want to shame him and then have him, to, in that same vein, turn around and kiss her ass. You have some women who use this childhood tactic. And here's the thing, fellas. They'll try to play hard to get. They're going to be very dismissive. They're going to have confirmation bias like you wouldn't believe. They're going to say some off-the-wall shit in order to get attention. Because this is what they do. That's the way they start a conversation. To them, any kind of media, of course, is inferior to their superior knowledge, supposedly. Don't be surprised if they believe in conspiracy theories. There are a lot of characteristics that, that's associated with people like this. I've run across this type of creature many times on a dating scene. And here's the thing. These individuals are emotional vultures. They will go, and then, here's the sad thing. When they choose a guy, and a guy sees through their shit, they don't quite understand that this guy is going for the jugular. He's going to ruin her. He already knows what he's dealing with. And this is the reason why these women perpetually get on dating apps and get on dating sites, and they're angry each time they do it. Because... They don't get it that people have already figured them out. Cyclically, they're still out there doing the same thing. And ladies, you know, 
guys that do shit like this too. They make you feel inferior. They make you feel less than. They want to have you climbing the mountain and never getting to the summit. And the reason why they do this, and they put every obstacle in your way. And you still continue to try to climb. And they know you're going to try to do this. Because your self-esteem's that low. These women only master this when they do it to men with weaker men. Men who have low self-esteem. They feel as though a woman's going to give them validation. A fine-ass woman going to give them validation. You know, there was this gamma male that used to hang out years ago. This guy who made a lot of money. Very smart, but had lousy interpersonal skills. And what he would love to do is to come in and buy a whole bunch of women drinks. Well, it was this one lady that he was really crazy about. And this one night, he was buying her everything she wanted. But here was the problem. Even though he was doing this, she had her eye on another dude. She goes over to the other guy, starts talking to her. Well, the other dude that she was with got jealous. He comes over there and tries to intervene. She cut him to the quick. She says, your money was fine, but you spent that on me. I didn't ask you to. And he felt slighted. Tried to start a fight with the other guy. The other guy whooped his ass and, of course, made him feel a little bit less than. Even more. What you have to remember, folks, is that you can't control how somebody else feels about you. And you got to treat them responsibly. If you're not interested, let them know, hey, uh-uh. No, you don't need to buy me a drink. Uh-uh, we fine. We cool. gone out on a date with ladies where they tell me oh no you know you're not paying for my dinner I'm paying for mine well why is that well I don't want any obligations I don't want I, we we got to get to know each other and I don't want any kind of pressure it's like no I'm not I'll pay for it I'm not giving you any pressure well no you men are like that no you mean the men you had been with before You're a man, aren't you? I said that would be the same context of saying, you people. You're black, aren't you? See the same correlation? And she thought about it. She said, well, you, you know what I mean. And I was determined that she was not my type anyway. I said, well, ma'am, you can pay for yours, I'll pay for mine. I said, but if you think I was trying to come after you for some pussy, no. Conversation changed to something else immediately. You see, what you have to remember, folks, You got to be yourself no matter what conditions you're faced with. 
Some women didn't like my demeanor. Because I was... One lady told me, you're too frank. You're too... That's the way I'm supposed to be. I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass. I'm not going to be this guy that's going to sit here and try to kiss your ass like everybody else. I would just tell you, you ask me the way I feel, I will tell you the truth. And the truth doesn't always have to be damning or mean or any kind of way critical of you. But of course, a lot of people don't want to hear the truth. They want to be lied to. Like the one lady I told you about that told me to lie to her. Because she only wanted positive thoughts. I'm not going to lie to her. Told her she was full of shit. If you think life is just a bed of roses, you might want to go somewhere else and find that. I said, why don't you go to one of those other guys that used you like you said when you first met me about how they used you for sex and lied to you and then you figured out that it was a lie. Why don't you go through that cycle again since you're so accustomed to it? And there's some people that that's their whole thing. They want the same old shit, but they complain about it. Fellas, how many times have you dated a woman and she's told you, I'm tired of dating these broke-ass men? And you sitting there broke. And she's talking to you, complaining to you. Broke is temporary, folks. That means that you're in between paydays, usually. Poor means that you don't have any income coming in at all. But see, that's the thing. You'll find that. Poor also means the mentality as well. But see, that's what that whole gotcha thing is. It's about making you feel bad. Nothing else. So don't give it any credence or any life. Realize that that person that's doing that, they're doing it for their own emotional well-being, not yours. Siri, this is Vivian. How are you today? Now, what do you want? Look, I'm pregnant. I don't know who the baby daddy is. My ankles are swollen and I have a hankering for Doritos right now. Sorry to hear that. So I see you got your freak on and now you're pregnant. At least I know who my baby daddy is. Don't try to flex on me, sister. Your man may be the father of my child. Now, how can I help you before I go ham on you? My man ain't going to cheat on me with you, Siri. However, my question to you is, I haven't seen him in about eight days. Any idea where my man is right now? Yes, he's in my master bedroom sleeping. We had a wonderful time last night. Yesterday, he took me to my doctor's appointment for the ultrasound. I know damn well my man is not over there sleeping in your bed. My Bruce would never be caught dead with you. I see you didn't get the memo. Me and Bruce have been an item for a very long time. I'm in my third trimester, and he's been by my side. The last time you saw him, he was musty. I cleaned them up and got him to shave, and those clothes he wears now, I bought them. My Bruce will never be with an old wrinkled up sugar mama. Don't mention old and wrinkled like your body, clothes, and panties. He told me all about you. He said he saw better bodies on Ford F-150 pickups. He said that making love to you was like wrestling a grizzly bear. He said, making love to you was akin to a hate crime, he said. 
When he felt your stomach, he didn't know whether he was touching stretch marks or the back of an alligator. He said your toenails were so long that he had to go to the ICU for lacerations on his calves the next morning. That's not fair, Siri. I love my toenails and my pedicures cost a lot of money. I need to go because I need to start breakfast for him when he wakes up. I'll tell him to give you a call and I will be monitoring. Hey babe, this is Megan. My girlfriends and I had a discussion last night because one of them, that will remain nameless, is married and has fallen in love with another gentleman. She wants to know, is it possible for one person to be in love with two people and treat them fairly? Well, Megan, speaking as your former boyfriend, um, <laughs> thank you, dear, for listening and for spreading the word. Here's the thing. Um, it would be very difficult for a person to walk that fine line. Now, what complicates matters here is she's married. And I will tell you one thing that I would definitely be amazed by if it was okay with her husband. I take it that her husband doesn't know anything about this. I doubt very seriously if she'll be able to be fair. And the reason for that is, you got to remember, she made a commitment with her husband in the beginning. And what I think has happened, some of the varnish has worn off of the marriage, where it's not where she sees a future anymore, or sees some sort of, uh, how could I best say it? Let me put it to you this way. It hasn't gone back to where it started. And this is why a lot of people actually go outside of the relationship. They love the enchantment of the beginning of it and how it flows through until it gets to the mundane routine portion of it. And I think this is where she is, and this is probably why she is thinking this way. But here is the problem, and I'm being speculative now. I don't know anything about you or her as far as in that situation because I haven't been with you in God knows how many years. Here's the thing. Overall, I think that what is happening here is that she wants that fire again in the beginning of the relationship, and she may feel as though she can get it from this other person. And this other person is striking the same vibes as her husband did. This is the reason why it's so challenging for her, because at a point now, she knows what to look for in a guy out of both knowing what to look for in her husband and knowing what not to look for in her husband. And so what has happened, this new guy could very well fill in some of the gaps emotionally for her that the husband no longer feels or never filled in the first place. Now, the problem with this is that if she's ever faced with making a decision between one of the two, if this thing goes on, it's going to be very difficult for her to do so. I've seen a woman get in a situation like this and both men left her and she lost it. She literally wound up being 5150 because she liked the way things were. 
two people at her disposal, two people she really cared about. And when they went away, she realized how empty she was. But you got to remember, some people live vicariously through the happiness that they see in others. That person may not make them genuinely happy, but they can imagine the happiness with that person. And that's enough. So they could be with that person and they'd have to fill in all the blanks and all the gaps for themselves when that person comes up short. Now, let's look at this logically. She's made a commitment and signed a contract with a man to be married for the duration of her life. And what she's decided to do was to breach that contract to be with someone else. Now, the problem is she's not going to have the same quality meted out to both. You know, it's like with manufacturing sometimes. You may be good at making automobiles, but you may be very crappy at making clothes. And you realize you may have diversified in the area that you're really not that good in. That's the fear. Now, she may think that her quality of love may measure up to that second guy as it does to her first husband. But, well, to her husband in general. But here's the thing. That's from her perspective. That other guy may be thinking from the standpoint, you know, I've had better than her. I've had someone to love me better than she does. So just because she falls in love or anyone falls in love with another person, you have to look at the quality of that love. Not the quantity of it. Oh, they can drown you with quantity of love. Gifts, trinkets, excessive kisses, love bombing. That's quantity of love. The quality of it is what's important. The time you spend with the person. The time you get to know the person. The learning experiences you have together. Now, what she may not realize is that as a man, and I'm going to be straight up with you on this. The reason why we don't like getting hung up in situations with married women or women that have boyfriends or have certain conditions where they can't really be free is that we don't want to miss out on another opportunity with a better woman. That is like the last thing we want to do. You know, like guys will wait around, woman be married, they'd wait around, and then she gets divorced finally after God knows how many years. And then they start getting together, and then all of a sudden, he starts creeping again, starts looking for another woman. And a lot of you ladies chalk it off to the fact that, well, you know, he's just a cheater. He cheated with me, and now he's cheating on somebody. No, it's not like that. What's happening is he feels as though he's missed out on opportunities. He could have been with other women and could have been further along in life than he is. Now, what you have to realize as the woman is this. If you're cheating, the man has already devalued you that you're cheating with. He's not going to tell you that. 
Because as long as you're opening your legs, your heart and everything else, he's not going to say a damn thing. He's comfortable. And here's the other thing, ladies. If you're cheating on your man with another dude and he hasn't made any future plans for you, you already know. It's all about sex. That's only what it's going to be about. He's comfortable where he is. He's not putting any pressure on you because he doesn't expect much out of you. And so you may be impressed by him taking you out and spending a little money on you and doing all these things. He's just doing it in order to keep the pussy flowing. Because once he gets to a point where he feels as though he's missed out on something, he's going to be pissed. But most men, what we're going to do is, before we let you go, we're going to hook into that other woman, whoever she may be. Because the last thing we're going to do is be left with nothing. And so this is what happens. We're not just going to sit there and just say, oh, well, I'm just going to be devoted to this married woman and wait for her to eventually divorce her husband. What we're going to do, more than likely, is leverage everything against you. You're married. You know how you married ladies do sometimes with guys? You go, you sleep with them, and you get the guy all bothered where he's going to talk about a future with you and you let him know I'm not leaving my husband well he takes that to heart and so the next time you come over to his place after you've left your clothes over there oh your shit may be put in a drawer or in a box and another woman's stuff may be hanging in the closet because after all you've lost your rank and no matter how you try to make his home, your home, putting your robes there, putting your slippers there, buying clothes that you damn sure can't ever bring home because your husband's going to ask questions and try to make him yours, that external man. Trust me. If he's not a simp, I'm telling you what's going to happen. You're going to put your shit in a box and that new woman that comes in Mm-hmm. Well, see, one thing that you got to remember, ladies, if you're cheating on your man with a man, another thing to keep in mind, uh, you're thinking you're going to come come in and customize his house for your liking because you plan on cheating on an extended period of time and trying to create a nest for yourself just in case you get caught. You could just fall into his place. Be very careful with that. Because a lot of guys will go and use you for that purpose. They may have that masculine touch on the place. But they want that feminine touch. And it's not designed for you. And you could go lay the place out and everything. Say, honey, let's go get some drapes. Let's go change this. And let's go do this. And let's go get new furniture. Blah, blah, blah. He's got an interior decorator on the cheap. You're not going to be his woman. And so he already knows that you're married. Especially if you put that in his face a couple of times. He's going to remember that. He's not going to be delusional. So what's going to happen is. You lay his place out and got it conducive. Where another woman would like that same environment. What that does. That enhances his choices in women. Who are single. They come over to his place. 
they can envision themselves being there more so than if it was a bachelor pad. What do women do when they walk into a guy's bachelor pad? About the shit that they want to change and want to fix. But if a woman's hand's been in there, see, here's the thing, ladies. Women know when other women have been in a residence. Instinctively, you guys have that sixth and seventh sense. You know that. So you'll know when you walk into a man's place and it's laid out, not necessarily by a man's hand, where you would see the bachelor pad, socks all over the place and that kind of thing, but where it's squared away and looks pretty decent. And the first question you ask, you live alone? You have a girlfriend? Here's how the guys cover for that. Now, my sister told me that she wanted to lay my place out. My cousin told me she wanted to lay my place out. My friend told me she wanted to lay my place out. Who is he not going to give credit to? That married woman that probably did it. You know, it's like rent, revenue and equity, not for tenant. You damn straight. <laughs> That's the way it goes. She doesn't get any revenue or equity out of this. Emotional, I'm talking about. So what happens here is this. It's an empty feeling. I know she may feel good now that she wants to get to that point where she could have the love that she's giving to two men because some people feel as though they have more love to give than just the one person. I've heard that lie before. Here's the problem. You may think that's the case. But what really, what it comes down to, it comes down to a problem with her. She's not happy. She can call it any kind of thing she wants to. Too much love for one person, you name it. She can put any label on it she wants. The fact of the matter is she's in a situation where she really needs to think a few things through. If this thing blows up in her face and take for instance she loves the other person more than that person loves them, loves her, then what? What will happen then, she'll be in an 80-20. She'll be in a relationship where she's putting more effort and love into a person than they're giving back. And she'll be in a near, negative equity relationship. Worst kind ever. That's when a person's not giving back to you any dividends or benefits. You're constantly putting money into that black hole. You know, it's like when a business is failing, you're still borrowing money from the banks and everybody else. And then after a while, they say, wait a minute, you're not profitable. No, we're not lending you any more money. Figure it out. And you're sitting there and you're like, damn, I need probably get me a, another equity partner or something like that. And then before you know it, you go and you sign over most of the company at an individual because they're coming in with all the cash. And then you're nothing more than just a general partner working your ass off trying to keep the business afloat. And that silent partner 
It has a pretty good stake in the company. And there you are, tap dancing, trying to make things work when they don't work. The problem with most relationships, people don't know when to get out of them. And that's why they run into trouble. They get so caught up in it being so personalized. Personalized rejection. Personalized reflection on their character and who they are. And that, of course, is problematic because what does it hit? Self-esteem. They feel as though they failed, they lost. Instead of looking at it from the standpoint of nothing's guaranteed. Okay, you failed. Big deal. What are you going to do? Throw your whole life away for one failure in a relationship, two failures, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And just go and punish yourself by saying, okay, no more dating, no more getting serious, no more. And then you raise these stupid ass standards so high that you can't even look over the wall to see them. Stupid. It's your attitude, the way you come into something. And your expectations. And a lot of times we set our expectations too high. And I guarantee you this is what this lady's doing. In the sense that she's setting her expectations for this extramarital affair to be one that will measure up to the same level as that of her marriage. A couple of things you got to realize. Look at it like this. Her husband, hypothetically, He'd be the guy that had to go and work 10 years to get a job that paid 70000 a year. The guy who's outside the marriage is the guy that went to college for four years and he's still making the $70,000 as the husband who had put in all the sweat and equity. What are the differences? One has experience. The other, the other one has theory. Now, the difference you have here is that that husband has been through her through some been with her through some tough times. Started out fresh and had to work through a whole bunch of things. With this new guy, he hadn't had to do shit to get the same benefit she's offering the husband. In other words, in our modern day, the guy that had to work 10 years in the company, a lot of times they'd have to learn in 10 years what this guy learned in four. And so even though he didn't have the on-ground experience or the hands-on experience, it took him longer. The college guy didn't have to go through that. You see the same thing in the military. Enlisted men. Those are the people that have to go and do all of the ground up work. They know everything from the ground up. The officers come in and they know the leadership from the ground up. But they make that connection with their NCOs, non-commissioned officers. 
but they don't get down in the weeds like the enlisted man does. Well, her husband has been in the weeds. This guy hasn't. So he's going to have a different perspective, a different appreciation of her. And it's not going to be as enthusiastic as her husband's appreciation of her would be. Based on experience, based on time, based on perception. This guy doesn't know her that well. Now, she knows what she's gone through with the husband. And what she's saying is, all of the work you did with me equates to this guy just coming in and having the same privileges and rights you have. So you had to buy me flowers. Uh, We had to go through a wedding. We had to go through all kind of birthdays, all kind of family situations, all kind of trials and tribulations with debt, credit, and everything else. And then along the way, you're getting intimacy, sex, and all the best I can give you. This guy comes in. He doesn't have to put in all that sweat equity. And he gets the same benefits of the sex and the love and everything else. Ladies, this is the reason why, as I tell you before, men have a problem when you cheat. It's because of that. They've taken a risk. And then you got to consider, too, if you're the best thing that he ever had in his life, the only person that really gave a damn about him, the finest woman he's ever been with, and then you do this to him, that shoots his self-esteem right in the foot. So, overall, what are you dealing with here? You're dealing with a problem that really initiates from her. I would recommend that she goes to marital counseling with her husband. Because it's not working out here. Another man is not going to make you happy. And falling in love with two people is going to only lead to confusion. And then what happens when you get to that point of having to make a decision? Like the lady in Colorado that wrote me a year ago. She had led three men on. Met them online. Went to visit all three of them at different times. Didn't tell the one about the other. And then when it got to a point that they started pushing her up on, okay, you need to make a decision. She says she can't make one. Because she got comfortable with the way things were. Some people in relationships just want the chase, but they don't want the prey. You know, it was funny. I was watching uh, National Geographic one day, and they had this lioness. And this lioness would run after birds and different animals, and when she would catch them, she just would put put her paw on them, and she would examine them, and then she'd let the bird go. She wouldn't eat it. And it was kind of interesting with that dynamic. Now, one thing that they did find out about this particular lion, or lioness, I'm sorry, there were people that were going out feeding it so it didn't have to hunt. And, of course, the game preserve people 
kind of asked the people to quit doing that because what was happening, if they stopped feeding the animal, it would probably die because it didn't really know how to fend for itself when they were out there giving the animal food. Now, in the same sense, you see this even here in the States. They don't want you feeding the animals. You people that live up there in the hills of California. Hollywood Hills is a prime example. The lady I dated up there in the Hollywood Hills that time when that damn cougar came down the street. I wasn't getting out the car. I don't give a damn what anybody said. That cougar would have whooped my ass. But they told the people what not to do. Not to feed them. Keep the trash lids on your trash bins when trash day was. Get them off the street because those mountain lions would come in there and go through your trash. What I'm telling you, ma'am, is this. You'll get to a point of leading these men on and you don't know how they're going to react. She just wants a second avenue. Now, some women will go and have this in the form of what I used to call the 12 o'clock guy. 12 o'clock guy, of course, is a guy that she had dated at one point and she could always go to him and there was never any questions or any kind of uh, conversation or qualification of why she's there. They just go have a good time, have sex or whatever, and she moves on. And whether she's married, in a relationship, dating somebody, getting ready to start in a relationship, 12 o'clock guy is always a part of her life. Now, her man will never know about him, but he's her go-to no matter what. Even when she's in between relationships, she knows she's got somebody to screw that's safe. Now, he's not hanging around just for her. He's seeing other women. But he knows that when she shows up, he changes the schedule with the other women. And she likes that. And these kind of relationships go on for decades. Sometimes from high school all the way to death. And these people be together and this woman probably been married two or three times. Still with this guy, this external guy. Not uncommon. So, what do we have here? We have a woman that's actually trying to give love that she, for some reason, won't give her husband to someone else. Because she doesn't see certain rewards from giving it to him. Oh, it's deeper than that. I'm sure it's probably having something to do with some of the things that have gone on in the marriage in the past. Because, see, people also act out on not getting their way in relationships. Men and women do this. 
The way they look at it is they get with someone else. The problem goes away for a while at least. And then what happens? They get addicted to that problem going away for a while. Longer and longer and longer. You know how you get hooked on some kind of uh, medications? How you get hooked on sugar? You have one Tootsie Roll, but then again, you want the whole bag. Yeah. That's the way it goes. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes, in the event for professional assistance. Please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.